Mzansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Glenn Jackson with the restart. Selborne Boom was bounced off the ball by Ian Jones, but the hack ahead by Anton Leonard is picked up by Lomu. Lomu just brushing people aside, like Gulliver on Lilliput, up to the 10-metre line. Lomu picks up, really takes Corne Kricher, the hard man, right out, takes three or four men to stop the charge. And just out of picture, I think that's where the uh, Stormers' backs are offside. Okay, you can tell we've been watching some videos of Corne Kricher before this interview. And the one we just played now is a match between the Stormers and the Chiefs, where he actually goes for Jonah Lomu. Hey, he goes for Jonah Lomu, the, uh, the skipper. But anyway, he joins us on the line, former book captain, Stormers and Western Province skipper, Corne Kricher. Good evening, uh, Corne, and thanks for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Uh, it's a new occasion and nice to chat to you. Great, great to hear from you. Are you still following local rugby closely and the Stormers to be exact? Yeah, I am actually. I was at the the last game before they um, before they made the semi-finals. So yeah, so the quarterfinals was fantastic to see them live in action again. And uh, yeah, they they have so much talent in that team. It's uh, it's great to watch them. Yeah, it is. And what's impressed you the most with their run to the semis? I think the the um, counter attack, the the ability to to get turn of the ball and then and use that turn of the ball and score tries. They don't mind running out of their own twenty two. And I think that's what Stormers and Western Palms rugby have stood for for many years. So it's so good to see that they they're living up to that tradition. Yeah, and on that note, Skipper, do people identify with a winning team or do they identify with the brand of rugby played by the team? Look, there's no doubt. If people, um, if you lose long enough, people actually start leaving. There's no doubt about that. So, <laughs> a, a brand of rugby will always, uh, um, you know, have very loyal supporters. But um, winning rugby is also very important. So, there's a factor in the in the semi-finals, and um, you know, and just the fact that we're there with all the administrative problems, Western Province and the storms have had over mm-hmm. the last two years. You know, is 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 absolutely a miracle, and it just shows you how much talent we have in this province. Yeah, and what does this kind of a run do for rugby in the province? Because we saw, like you mentioned, in the quarterfinals, the fans came out despite the restricted numbers, and there probably could have been more people there. Yeah, I think we would have packed uh, the Cape Town Stadium out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's fantastic to see that the people want to come back to rugby, and um, so the Stormers have over the years. In Super Rugby and and throughout um, the Curry Cup, they've shown that we have the most loyal supporters by far. And the numbers, you know, that's what counts. So if you look at the numbers and the, the number of supporters that come to to see the team every week, um, we we miles ahead of anybody else. So it's great to see that the faithful are back, and and that's they they deserve nothing more. You know, they. They've always supported us through thick and thin, uh, through the good times, through the bad times, and, and therefore they deserve to have a good team and, and a team that is now playing in the semi-finals tomorrow. Yeah. And do they back their game then in the semi-final tomorrow um, against Ulster, or do they try and tweak it a bit since it's a playoff match? No, look, there's no doubt um, that you can't, you can't change. The DNA of the team is, is attack. Um, and good defence, you know. So that's the DNA of this team, and and under uh, John Dobson, they've done incredibly well. So uh, I don't think they're going to change tomorrow. It's going to be 
all guns blazing. Hopefully, um, um, if if Plan A doesn't work, uh, Plan B is execute Plan A better. So uh, there's no doubt they're gonna they're gonna attack at at all cost. And what have you made of their loose forwards? I know there's been a lot of talk about Ivan Ross um, there and people ca- calling for him to be called up to the box. But there have been other guys there like Achiva Daimane who seems to be one of the finds of the season also. Yeah, Achiva Daimane has had an amazing season. You know, and he's, 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 he's sort of an underrated one in the Lustria. But if you, if you look at um, um, the Lustria, there, there's a guy that can steal the ball. Um, his name eludes me right now, but um, he, he he's been unbelievable, you know. And then and then you have achieved Armani and, and even Lewis who carry the ball well. They carry the ball out wide. Uh, they make their tackles. They they do what they need to do. But um, sometimes there's always a, a unsung hero who who allows those guys to run around. And and um, yeah, I, I think Dion. I think it's Dion Free. Yeah, Dion Free is the other guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Dion Free is, is just on another level at the moment. You know, he gets those vital turnovers in, in the crucial time of the game. And and, and without him, that blue chair won't be um, uh, the blue chair that it is right now. Yeah, and he can play hooker too, Dion Foray. I know they were considering to play yeah. him at hooker when Skara got injured. Um, besides the Stormers, we also have the Bulls tonight. They have a daunting task against Leinster in Dublin. What are you, In Dublin, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, and I think it's going to be very difficult for the Bulls. Leinster are a very settled team. They won't be they won't be unsettled by the physicality of the Bulls, and it's going to be a very difficult night for the Bulls, you know. And let's call it let's call it that if they do win tonight away from home, um, at, you know, at in Leinster's backyard, they they deserve to win this. They, they deserve to win the URC. You know, so uh, it's highly unlikely, but you never know, and that's the lovely thing about sport. You know, is that you can you can upset people. You can uh, rugby is a is a game of physicality and skill. So if you upset them physically, and and the, the things start going against you, you know, you never know. So um, I, I wouldn't put put all my money on Leinster. I have put some on 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 the Bulls, but it's going to be a tough night for them tonight. By the way, if the Bulls win tonight and the Stormers win tomorrow, then the Stormers will host the final because they finished second behind Leinster on the log. And on that note, Skipper, what are your thoughts of our South African teams now taking part in these Northern Hemisphere competitions instead of facing our trans what is transatlantic neighbours like during the days of Super Rugby? Look, I think it's a it's a fantastic move. You know, it just makes more sense in terms of the timelines. You know, there's an hour or two difference. If we were, if the Bulls were playing against the Crusaders in, in New Zealand, it would be like the middle of the night or three o'clock tomorrow or four o'clock tomorrow morning. So for the spectators, for the Bulls, for the players, um, for everybody involved, I think it's a better, it's a better fit. And I think the Southern Hemisphere, um, and the New Zealand and Australian guys will at some point understand that how vital we were in that in that southern hemisphere trio, you know. So for now I, I think it's a great move. I think the pound is obviously very strong and if we can start earning pounds from T V rights, etc. for South African rugby is just a fantastic thing and and long may it continue. And does the same go for the box? Yeah, I think so, you know, I think long term, you know, the box would like to play in, in the in the Six Nations. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. My, my suspicion is, is is that we do well in this competition, the URC, then 
And then next year in the Heineken Cup, we we have we have teams contesting for the semis and the, and the finals. You know, I think it's an automatic um, progression. I would say to go straight up into the into the into the Six Nations. So um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if they top any of the teams out of the Six Nations, or they just add one and make it a seven seven nations team um, competition. Okay, that's interesting. For those who are just joining us, we are catching up with former Springbok captain, uh, former captain of the Stormers in Western Province, uh, Corne Kricher, just looking back, uh, just looking ahead to the semifinals tonight. Bulls up against Leinster in Dublin, and then tomorrow, Stormers at home against Ulster at 3 p.m. If you haven't got your tickets, I don't know if there are any tickets left. I'll actually check on the, on their website if there are still tickets available there. And remember, you need proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test of the past 72 hours if you want to go watch the game. But those under 12 do not need this documentation. We're going to take a quick break and we'll look back at uh, the skipper's career then. You're welcome to send us your voice notes on 061-4104-107 or call us on 011-714-2006. Great effort by Van der season to Fenter. Fenter to Pulsey. Vandenberg locked forward, couldn't hold it. And here's the counter-attack. Out there to Thomas. That's, that's a dangerous tackle. Um, in, uh, in my view and uh, I tell you what things are going to get a little bit heated because uh, one or two things are just not acceptable and it's that man Robbie Fleck again you know great tackle Connie Krieger I think look at that that's a, that's a great tackle that is to be honest there you go look he's gone outside the top look at this tackle it's not dangerous he upends him maybe turns him yeah but a tremendous tackle Okay, we've gone back there uh, watching a 2000 game between the box and, and Wells. <laughs> you remember that tackle skipper on Gareth that Thomas? A, that, would, that would be a red card. These days, no yeah. Doubt. Not even not even a video referee uh, a referral. It would just be straight red card from the from the referee, I think. But you can hear Jonathan Davis says it's a very good tackle, actually. <laughs> he says it's a great tackle. <laughs> it's amazing how oh, things have changed. Word. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah, but but on that note, uh, Skipper, how do you describe the way you played your rugby? Because I think you play, you were hard, man. You played it hard. You even went for John Alomo uh, during the games against the All Blacks or in Super Rugby. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I, I wasn't a very big player. So I, I at, at my heaviest, I weighed 98 kilograms um, in the beginning of the season. But then I dropped down to 92. I started playing for Western Promise. I was 86 kilo, kilograms. So... My, my my game was always based on 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 real um, commitment and aggression, and 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 I tack, you know my strength was tackling, so my defence was always very good. And, I, and and one of the things I prided myself on uh, was putting in beats for the team, you know, and that always fires up the team. So you know, um, I had a checkered career. Let's call it that. You know, I had a fantastic career with the Stormers, Western Province, won three Curry Cups. You know, played in the semi-finals of Super Rugby. Had some amazing wins away from home, and and with the Springboks, you know, started well. For my first test as captain, um, you know, we won 101 0 against Italy. Italy. But you know, things things went wrong. You know, and and things happen, and and coaches get involved, and and sometimes your career doesn't turn out the way you want to. But mm. you know, it's all about timing. It's mm. all about being at the right place at the wrong time, at the right time. And um, I wrote a book about my career because. And I called it the, the right place at the wrong time. The right place was obviously I wanted to play for the Springboks, yeah. but I played in a very um, controversial 
era, if I can call it that. The Rudolf, the Rudolf Strauli era. Yeah, uh, actually three. You know, Harry Fulin, oh, um, yes, Nick, Nick, Nick Mallard, Harry Fulin, and Rudolf Strauli. You know, so three coaches in a very short period of time, and and a tumultuous time in, in mm. Springbok rugby. Yes. And and what about injuries though, Cornet? I mean, how much of the injuries disrupted your career? And how do you deal with those injuries? Because I know ninety nine World Cup yeah. big injury ruled you out of the tournament. Yeah. You know, um I was very un- unfortunate in that sense. Um a guy like John De Villiers also had lots of injuries, but he still played hundred and nine test matches. My my career was a lot shorter. I retired at fifty, I think John mm. retired at 35, 34, 35, you know, so another five years makes a big difference. And I think, you know, um, uh, injuries is part of rugby and, and you have to accept it that way and you must accept that they will come, sometimes they'll come at good times and sometimes they'll come at bad times. And uh, unfortunately for me, before I could play my first test match, I was injured in the, in the Kareka final and I didn't go on a, on a, Magnificent tour the Spring Rocks went on where they were unbeaten. The mm. record score against Scotland that amazing tour under Nick Mallet. And um, in 1999, that was 1998, 1999, I came back and, and got into the team and I played my first test match as captain. So, yeah, um, you know, different different strokes for different folks. You know, sometimes you, you're just getting there at the right time under a new coach. You know, I was. I played from 90, let's call it, no, no, not 92, 2000, 99 mm. to 2003. Mm. You know, that was in the 99 World Cup we lost in the in the semifinals. I dropped off to Larkin. And, mm. and then, you know, after that, things went, went tough, you know. So 2003, we we lost in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, first time for that we lost in the quarterfinals against the All Blacks who were a very good All Black team and um, you know four years later 2007 they won the World Cup you know mm-hmm. so and the Jake White so it's just um, you know I guess destiny and timing yeah. okay let's go to the Lions Colin from Cape Town thanks for holding on good evening uh, good evening Tabizu and Kone um, hi how's it going uh, uh, I just want to say one thing. Um, I'm sorry to say uh, the Bulls will lose tonight. Stormers <laughs> will... No, 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 no. Uh, mm-hmm. If I was a bookmaker, I'll give him 20, 25 to 1 for them to win. But <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't see, uh, see them winning. But the Stormers will win. And that will be a Stormers match and uh, the Ulsters. And what I wanted to ask Corne, Corne. Uh, injuries those days. I oh, I used to I used to love the tough tackling and knock and a, give a dirty look to one's eyes and things like that. But you know I've been watching rugby now in the last couple, especially overseas, man, and on television. You know you just touch a guy on his shoulder. You know you try <laughs> you, you you fly in the air. You try you try and reverse like a like a mosquito. But if you touch him on his shoulder. Penalty, high tackle, things like that. What is yeah. going? What's the IRB <coughs> doing to our rugby? Are okay. they are, are they making pansies out of our boys? Like where were the good old days, man? You, oh, okay, man. Colin, I I hear you. By the way, Colin, I've just checked the odds. The bookmakers of Leinster winning by twenty tonight. 
against yeah. the Bulls. So sounds yeah. sounds about right according yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, he's not right. He's not wrong when he predicts that. You know, it's a very very good length of team. Yeah. I think that I think the big thing um, is that um, you know playing away from home is all, is always very difficult. And um, in, in, if this was super ugly, they would have to fly to Australia and New Zealand, which mm. is much worse than flying to to the UK. You know, so yeah. that's the one thing. Yeah, so I, in in a sense, I agree with the caller that mm. um, you know the Bulls might lose tonight. But in terms of rugby and and how he says that they're making rugby soft, they're not really doing that. What they really are doing is they um, they um, sorry. <clears throat> You think they're playing it safe? Yeah. You think they're playing yeah. it safe now? No, you know what they're doing is they're trying to make rugby safer. What what a lot of people don't know is, and and if you look at um, um, the players' association and and the work that they mm. do, um, you know, uh, there's there's every year in 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 rugby in South Africa there's at least between two and four people paralysed in rugby, oh. and paralysed from the neck down, guys whose lives change. You know, dramatically. So what? That's what people don't know. Mm. You know, and you never hear about them. They just disappear into the, into the, into the distance, and and that's it. You know, that's how life is. Sadly for them, the rugby changed their whole life. So, so in a way, it's a good thing that they're trying to make rugby safer. I agree with that 100. percent And and but sometimes the interpretations and the referees, you know, really need to. Use their, their common sense as to what was the intent of of, of what happened. You know, yeah. a good example was was um, Chesney Colby looking at the ball against the British and Irish lines, jumping yeah. up, and the guy who jumped higher than him fell over him and fell on his neck. It's not Chesney Colby's fault. You know, and 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 I think there, there's there's right and there's wrong and there's intent. I think the intent is the most important thing. If if you want if you want to hit a guy on his chin and knock him out. Uh, with your shoulder in, and that was your intent, no doubt, you know, red mm. card. But if you if you if you're looking at the ball and you're running to somebody and he falls on his neck, it's not it's not your fault. It was never your intent to hurt him. So I think there's 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 some gray areas, and I think it's a, uh, you know world rugby needs to figure the the balance out properly. Yeah, and and there was the, also the incident of I, I think you would have played with uh, Steve Thompson at at, at Saints, uh, Courtney. Who yeah. suffered from dementia, and he said he could not remember winning the Rugby World Cup in two thousand and three. Yeah, you know it's um it's very sad. I played with Steve, and and it's very sad that stuff like that like that happens. And and I really doubt whether the court case will be successful. You know, um, because in a way, when you sign up for rugby, you sign up, and you know <laughs> you know that it's a very very dangerous sport. You know, mm. and. At times, and then, and, I, and I don't say this very lightly, but I, at times for the stream of duty, you know, I was prepared to die. I didn't really worry about my personal health. I, I was prepared to die for my team, you know. And and when you when you're in that situation, you you realise that if if I was paralysed uh, after the Twickenham game, we lost 53-3 because I did some incredibly stupid stuff because I was just I was just I just didn't want to lose, you know, and. I, I would have accepted that. If that was what happened, then I would have accepted it. So it's, uh, you know, I applaud them for trying <laughs> to get some money out of a world rugby, but I think it's going to be a difficult battle to win.
Yeah, by the way, Steve Thompson and a group of other guys are suing the authorities there um, yeah. over the brain damage caused by the blows to the head while playing rugby. Let's take a voice note as we're going to wrap up in the next 10 minutes with Connie Cricker. We'll still have to talk Bafana Bafana. Good evening, Tabison. Good evening, Connie Cricker. Um, you know, I have a question here. That feels like to me there is a hatred for South African rugby amongst the Europeans. Even now, when the decision was announced that we are going to play in Europe, in the URC, and also in the Heineken Champions Cup, there's a lot of negativity. Even at World Rugby, you know, the, the decisions that they make feels like they're against South Africa. Can you say that World Rugby and Europeans in general are jealous of South Africa? Because they see that we are dominating world rugby and our players are, are all over the world. They are playing in the premiership, in the top 14. They are winning cups. Uh, the Springboks are doing well. Are they fearing that the South African rugby is going to dominate the world? Is that why they are jealous? Is that why they are trying to block even? They are creating laws to block South African rugby from succeeding. Or am I reading it wrong here? Uh, because they've just blocked the Rassi from being a water boy. Thank you very much, Tabiso. <laughs> but knowing Rusty, you'll find another way. Do you get that no, sense, Kone? <clears throat> you know, um, you, you, if you're a South African and you love rugby, you if you don't get that sense, there's something wrong with you. You know, there is that feeling that you know the powers that be try and and, and make rules and try and try and sort of referee us out of the game or try anything in their power to to stop us from being successful. The fact, the fact of the matter is, if you look at world rugby and you look at the amount of people that play rugby in South Africa and you look at the amount of people that play rugby in England, New Zealand, Australia, you know, we, we, are, we are by far the biggest talent pool to pick from. And, and, and on top of that, there's a lot of political um, interference and there's a lot of, um, let's call it hurdles we have to climb over to get where we are, you know, and and despite those hurdles, despite the the fact that um, you know world rugby is always trying to do stuff that's you know it sounds that it, it, it feels like they're, they're they're always against us. Despite that, we're still doing incredibly well. We're still only one of two teams that have won three World Cups. So so it's going to be hard to stop us because we really do have a massive talent pool, you know, and. Our diversity, our past. If we if we get get it right, like Rashi did in, in the '99 World Cup. Um, I mean, in the 2019, uh, maybe now mm. 2019 World Cup. Like Rashi got it right, you know. Um, they, they, it's very hard to stop us. Once we start playing for each other, once we start playing for our people back home, and once once the, that that sense of, of community and that sense of achievement amongst each other is there. It's very hard to beat us, mm. no doubt. Talking about home, Kone, as we wrap up now, what some people might not know is that you were born in Lusaka, Zambia. Is that home for you? And how did you end up in South Africa? Yeah, it is It is still home for me. Cape Town's my home now, but um, my my father, still, my father and my one brother still live in, in the Sofka. And my mother, who lived there as well, she passed, sadly passed away last year in January. So, um, yeah, it's still home for me. And, and my my grandparents came to Paul, and my parents thought it would be good to send us to a school in South Africa, um, 
because the, the schools at the time in Zambia were, were really not good. Um, it's very different now. There's some very good schools now. But my parents thought it was a good idea to send us to, to Paul, which was close to my grandparents who were living in Paul at the time. So, yeah, so I came to Paul at the age of four. I went to, <laughs> I went to grade one. I was two years too young. <laughs> and uh, I turned five in, in on the 21st of March in my, in my grade one year. So, um, yeah, I love... Paul, I love Paul Boys High where I was. Um, you know, the school did amazing things for, for me, and with, without the school and the people and the teachers and the parents, you know, I probably would never have achieved what I did achieve in, 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 in Springbok rugby. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different background, and that's yeah. why I wrote the book, you know, to, to talk about my different background that I came from. Yeah. And when did you find out that you were born in the same hospital as George Gregan? Because I bet a lot of people also don't know that he was born in Lusaka, Zambia. Yeah, it's it's actually many years later, you know, and and it's it's um, there's a bit of a dispute about around that, but oh. but, but you, you, the, the, like my wife, my one friend says, you never spoil a good story with facts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let facts get in the way of a very good story, there. Exactly. Eh? Yeah. yeah, and and you spoke about Paul Boys, a school with a rich sporting culture. Who were some of the guys there with you that also progressed to provincial rugby or even international rugby? Yeah, you know, um, Franz Malaba is one of the current Springboks who's there. Um, he, oh. he, um, he's doing really well. Mm. Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about a few others. Uh, obviously, um, I think Paul Ruth has got the most Springboks, then Paul the Great Bloom, mm-hmm. and then Paul Jim, and then Paul Boys I. So it's like a lot of the Cape Town schools, uh, the Cape Town Stroke Bullion schools are, are doing are doing incredibly well. Um, but yeah, we we we've had a sort of good good knock off of Springbok players coming through the system, and. Um, you know, I don't think a school is defined by how many Springboks they they deliver, but mm-hmm. it does say something about the school. And Paul Boys Eyes, and Monique Jury is one of the other very famous ones who came from who came from Paul Boys Eyes right in the beginning. You know, Gatrashtin companies. Oh. Also, so we've had a couple of props in in the <laughs> system. Um, you know, um, much due to the fact that uh, Richard Fisalki, one of the teachers there at the school. Was a hooker himself at at Poland and a very tough guy. So he bought through. He, he understood uh, what what it takes to be a good front rower. So he bought him through the system. So yeah, look, I'm just very grateful that I could be at the school. My mm. my one son's there now, and my next my my second son's going there next year. So oh, nice. it's so nice to see them in play in the blue and white, and and what a lot of memories when when I when I see all the things, you know, from Paulius and Paulson and. Bishops, Robbie Fleck, two weekends ago, I was, oh, nice. my son played at, at, at Bishops, and, and Robbie Fleck's son was in the under 14 days, so it was nice to see him. And so, yeah, it's just really nice to um, to to be involved and, and to be back at the school and to be proud of a, a, just a very good school. Yeah, and we actually found a picture of you and Robbie Fleck during the days of the men in black back then with the Stormers. Yeah, good times. <laughs> you mentioned you won three Curry Cup titles with Western Province. They were back-to-back titles in 2000 and 2001. Is there anyone that's sweeter than the other? Yeah, I think the, the 2001 away from home against the Sharks, they were a very, very good team. And um, they would beaten us quite convincingly in the pool games. So we had to go back there and, and try and beat them in the final. And um, 
Yeah, we played a bit of mind games, and it was it was quite a nice. <laughs> that was a that was a very sweet one. Okay, and and then how was the transition to Super Rugby for you guys at the time? Look, it was a great transition because you know it was tough, obviously, because of the time tra- timelines and and the time differences, obviously, massive. You know, when you when your body tells you you must be awake, it's in the middle of the night, and and when your ten- body tells you you have to sleep, it's in the middle of the day. So it was incredibly difficult, but. It was great to travel, you know, and and see New Zealand extensively, see Australia extensively. So, yeah, it was just a, it was a great, it was a great time, and and had some great memories with, with a great with a, with a whole lot of good friends. Yeah. Just finally, some quick fire questions as we wrap up. Best coach you worked under? Sorry. The best. Who's the best coach you worked under? Uh, I worked under better than Alan Solomon's and Luke Mallet. Okay, good. And favorite player of all time for you, besides you? Who I played with. Yeah, who you played with or who you played against? Your favorite player in the Springboks team was Stefan Blanche, who was a roommate, so that's, <laughs> he's my big buddy. Nice. And um, player who I played against, Scott Robertson from the Crusaders. Yeah, such a great guy. Okay, toughest, toughest opposition player? Sorry? The toughest one you played against? The toughest person. Yeah. Audrey Heldner is from the Eastern Cup. Oh, the big lock. Yeah. I remember Audrey Heldner. Like yeah. And finally, <laughs> finally, Cornel, let's put this matter to rest. We had this debate on this show last yes. year and it's still going on. If we had to pick one of these two legendary scrum halves, maybe it's not fair, but if you had to pick one, Furi Dupree or Jos van der Vesteisen? Yeah, Furi Dupree. Whoa! There we have it. There we have it. I rest my case. I rest my case. He doesn't even have to think about it. Just like I said last year. Yeah, no, he, he was a genius. He was special, eh? Yeah. No. And and what was tougher for you, Skipper? Uh, rug, playing rugby or being on Survivor? Uh, Survivor, much tougher. Really? Yeah, much tougher. Uh, no food equals very, very tough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I wonder where the radio interview fits in there. But let's leave it there, Skip. But thank you very much for giving us some thank of your time much, on this yeah. Friday night. Nice to chat to you, Tabitha. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Good Captain. Man. Courageous. Courtney Kricher, former Bok captain, former province, former um, Stormers captain, also went to play for Northampton Saints. I'm sure he kept in there because I already kept in everywhere he went. And there you have it, Libra and everybody else. Class of 1995, who are very emotional about this subject, and rightly so, I can understand why you're emotional. Jos van der Vestersen was a great player in his own right, left us with a lot of memories. But, guys, Furi Dupree was special. For me, the greatest ever. Greatest Springbok ever. Greatest player I've seen ever. And I've seen Christian Carlin, I've seen Jeff Wilson, John Alomu, George Gregan, but nobody comes close to Furi Dupree. I actually think the day I meet Furi Dupree, I'm going to cry.